I have no idea. I knew it. Yeah, no idea. See, this is your problem. I spend way too much time on this. You just are throwing darts over there. I'm like the person who, in your March Madness pool, who's like, yeah, I didn't watch a single college basketball game this year, and then ends up winning it. Yes, (laughs) yes. That's what pisses me off every year with you. All right, Mink, who's your first-round pick? Iowa Edge defensive end, A.J. Epinesa. Bad pick by you, bad pick. That's not going to be the pick. Why not? Because Patrick Queen. Just about everybody's projecting Robert Hunt to the right. Can we just send him a uniform right now? <laughs> the scary thing there, Kuiper had him all the way up around 40. Kuiper might be a little off his rocker on that one. He might have gone too much hairspray before that pick. Welcome into the lounge. The day is almost here. One more day, Garrett. That means the pencil's down. No more tinkering allowed. When you said the day is almost here, I feel like there's the day of the mock, the actual draft. But then the real day for you is when you True. turn in your mock draft. Like Today that is, is the day for me. Yeah, today is the biggest day. Like the actual draft itself is kind of, you know, that's that's a secondary piece of the equation here. But when you finally get to put the finishing touches on your mock draft and it's done and you can't minker with it anymore, I feel like that's a huge burden off your shoulders. How many days, tell the listeners, how many days in a row have you stayed up past midnight working on this thing? I haven't spent, not past midnight, but I would say, I, I go into every night saying, all right, tonight's the night where I go to bed at 10 o'clock. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm going to bed at 10 o'clock. And for literally at, at least a week, at least a week, I've been past 11, 1130 uh, tinkering with the draft. And last night was the all-timer. I'm looking at my emails right now, sending in at 1249 a.m. One in the morning last night because of so much minkering. And then and then I woke up. I woke up. Hold on. Oh, oh wait. My alarm's going off right now. Yeah, I thought I was going to sleep in. There we go. <laughs> I just said alarm. Uh, then, I, then I woke up and it just hit me. Breaking news. More tinkering in the morning. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you send it in. And we're going to reveal these mocks in a second here. But you send it in. You've got one first-round pick. Um, then before 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., you switch that pick. And the funny thing is, starting at, say, 9 o'clock, I start making fun of you for your mock draft, and mm-hmm. you are immediately defending your first-round pick, who you then changed within the hour. <laughs> <laughs> this, just shows, this shows you that I've done way too much minkering. I don't, I don't trust my mink stinks right now, okay? My whole, my whole compass is just wheeling in a circle. I have no bearings right now. And here's the thing. You get to the end of it, and I've thought so much about it. And then at about uh, about at 12.30 a.m. last night, I was like, just for yeah, F it. Just, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I don't care anymore. I, you, hit the, you hit a wall at some point where you mm-hmm. don't care, and you're just like, I'm, I'm just sending in something, and I don't even care if it's right or wrong anymore. So, so I guess my question is how – confident do you feel about your mock oh i don't feel confident at all okay <laughs> okay <laughs> not at all so I never it's standard do. it's a standard year it's a standard year i feel i it's totally wrong i don't feel confident whatsoever well the other part, funny part too is is when you initially made your sent your mock your first round pick 
we'll start getting into it now. But your first round pick initially when you sent it was Kenneth Murray, who's different than your first round pick who you have in the video with our rock, which is coming out day of the draft. So I was like, literally on the same day, <laughs> you're going to have two different options. Luckily, you came back to your senses. So, all right, I'll let you kick, it us, off, kick us off here. And then we're going right. to get into a bunch of emails because we have, a, we have a number of emails. I've honestly loved – it's been really fun this year to get so many mock drafts from listeners. But, like, I get these mock drafts from listeners, and some of them are crazy. It's like some of them are, like, really far-fetched and, and out there. And uh, But also some of them, there's a lot of overlap, and it kind of makes you think, like, ooh, maybe the Ravens could go that route. So I, I've loved getting all the emails from this listeners this year, we've got more mocks than we ever have. So um, after you listen to this, you can tell us whose mock you like better by emailing us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Actually, make one more thing before I let you read off your first round pick. We want to say hi to our friends from Ram. There's only one truck brand strong enough to partner with the lounge in the Ravens podcast network, and that's Ram Trucks, Motor Trend's back-to-back truck of the year. Ram 1500 offers an available Ram box cargo management system, four-corner air suspension, and a huge... That's your huge, a huge amount of rear legroom. When properly equipped, Ram 3500 is a heavy-duty workhorse that boasts a thousand pound-feet of diesel torque. Go to Ram.com wow. to find your local Ram dealer and take advantage of the great offers going on right now. Ram trucks are the Motor Trend back-to-back Motor Trend truck of the year. So, uh, want to say hey to them. Thank you to them. And all right, Mike. No further ado. Who's your first-round pick? My First round pick is Iowa Edge defensive end AJ Epinesa. And that's the Ravens pick right there. Okay. I'm not saying it's gonna be at twenty eight for the purposes of our seven round mock. We we plug it in at eight twenty eight. So there's no trades, just so everybody's aware. No trades in ours. But I, I think Epinesa makes so much sense because here's the thing the Ravens are having a quote unquote old school draft. There's no more old-school player than A.J. Epinesa that's going to be available for the Ravens at the end of the first round. I mean, you're talking about just a heavy-handed, physical mauler in the trenches. I mean, this guy, I don't know if it's because Iowa wears black and gold, but this guy looks like he's been playing the AFC North for a long time. All right? And now he's going to trade in those stinky Steelers colors for some Ravens colors. Okay? I mean, so you say you, you say you don't necessarily know that it's twenty eight. You think this could be a trade back and then draft him late in the fir- later in the first or early in the second. I'm I'm seeing a lot of of buzz right now with Epineza as a early second round pick, and I think that plays into the Ravens' hands perfectly. Not, I mean, I originally was thinking it would be a steal if he just fell to twenty eight. Now you have the chance to possibly trade back and still get him. I mean, here's a guy that the whole thing is he's falling because of the way he performed at the combine. How many times have we heard this story from Ravens draft picks? Oh, it didn't do well at the combine. The Ravens are like, we don't care. Don't <laughs> care. Take them anyway. Right? I mean, Eric DaCosta said, we're a, te- we're a team that, I mean, he doesn't have to say this. The Ravens have always been a team that have trusted the tape. And even more so this year with all the pandemic stuff. So you flip on the tape of AJ Epinesa and you just see him abusing guys. I mean, he looks like a Raven on the edge they could use more help on the edge he provides you position versatility you can drop down play some defensive end maybe he's a guy who steps in for Derek wolf when Derek wolf's gone you know maybe Epinesa drops in there or he stays at outside linebacker I, I think this this pick makes too much sense and you can possibly get a high production guy I mean 22 sacks of the past two seasons even if you trade back yeah 
Bad pick by you. Bad pick. That's not going to be the pick. That's not going to be the pick. Uh, Why not? Uh, because it's because Patrick Queen is going to be the pick. Oh yeah, you don't and, actually have a reason. Yeah, I love and that's it. my projection is that Patrick Queen is going to be the pick. And I think that th- this is kind of a, a perfect scenario. I think in a perfect scenario, Queen or Murray's there for the Ravens at twenty eight. I, I agree with that, and that, that's, that's why Queen was my first pick. Queen? No, or, no, I'm Murray. Sorry, I'm sorry, Murray. 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 Jeez, Louise. <laughs> they Jeez all run Louise. together at this point. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Murray was originally before the tinkering this morning for the last minute change. I just had a hunch that Murray would, would be there. I I still have that hunch, but like I said, my Minx thinks I'm not feeling confident in them right now. <laughs> we've got Minx stinks. We've got minkering. <laughs> so it's going to, I think queen will be there. And here's the reason that I think queen will be there. He's got one year production. And I think that some teams may be scared off a little bit by that and say, ah, he only one year starter really only came onto the scene this year. So maybe that pushes him down the draft board a little bit. And then he ends up coming off the board at the end of the first. Also, he's, it's a linebacker position. So we spent a lot of time talking about whether the linebacker position is a bit of, you can get more value there because uh, the position isn't quite as important as some of the others outside linebacker, left tackle, cornerback. So you can get a linebacker potentially at the end of the first round. I think that Murray is gone before Queen, as I think about it, because he has a lar- a larger track record in college. And I do I expect some GM to fall in love with his story. Just like I yeah. came back from the combine, and I was like, man, this guy's great. He's incredible. It's kind of like what Peter Schrager told us when he joined us. He's like, he's hearing from teams that are saying, this guy is incredible. Like, he doesn't seem... It, in some level, it's it's like, is this guy real? He just right. has this incredible story. He's like so I Superman think somebody, or something. Yeah, he's like Superman. I think somebody falls in love with that story, some GM, some owner, some head coach, and he gets drafted before the Ravens at 28. But no big deal. Come on down, Patrick Queen, who's a sideline to sideline linebacker, can gobble up tackles, was a defensive MVP for the national champion LSU Tigers. The Ravens break their trend of never having drafted an LSU player. And they get a great, plug and play starter for somebody at the if you're looking at the biggest need on this team right now it it is either linebacker or it's right guard and so to address that right away in the first round i think that would be a don't overthink it just go ahead and turn in the card and also eric tacosta said that he thinks that queen and murray are off the board by 40 by 40 so he thinks that one of those guys based on what he said is going to be there and i think queen is more likely to be there so i think he's a pick at 28 do you regret your decision already? No. no I mean, I, no. here's the <laughs> thing about this whole our seven-round mocks is that I don't hate your seven-round mock. Okay? Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. In that's fact, the first time that's ever been the case. In fact, I think it's pretty good. Okay? <laughs> I'll give it to you. But, I mean, it's not accurate, but I think it's pretty good. And and I wouldn't hate if Patrick Cream were the pick. I like the player. I think he's really good. Now, I do think that I, I think if, if by some chance – Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen are both there. I think Kenneth Murray's the pick, right mm-hmm. over Queen. Mm-hmm. And and I just I, generally speaking, I don't like it when you're like, well, I'll take, I'll settle for the second best guy. Not saying that that's necessarily the case, right? Because in fact, some analysts are saying that Queen might be the better player, higher upside than Kenneth Murray, which is why he's not going to be available. Which is why you're going to be inaccurate. Um, <laughs> but I uh, I I do. I do like Patrick Queen. I think that, you know, you're talking about a sideline, sideline guy, uh, just a, a playmaker who, who he's not as big as Kenneth Murray, but he's pretty still stout against the run, can still make plays, great blitzer. 
I think he he's shown more than Kenneth Murray that he can drop in the coverage a little bit more, which I, I do give him the edge on that. Um, maybe a little more versatile and wink system if, if the Ravens were to pick him. So I, I like Patrick Queen, and I think that would be a great pick at number twenty eight. Mm-hmm. All, All right, right, moving so, on. Now, Second now, round. Now look, just real quick to put a to put a bow on the first round discussion. Yeah, I think if Queen and Murray are gone, I think that the Ravens there's there's a couple options there. I don't. I honestly don't think it's going to be Epinesa. I, I don't think that, that that's going to be the pick. Why? Um, because I think that they could address pass rusher more in the middle rounds where they've had a lot of success of getting guys as mid round pass rushers. I also think that if they if they don't take Queen or Murray, I think that you could look at offensive line, and I think they would go with Ruiz, Caesar Ruiz, over AJ Epinesa. Um, I also think so. Say Queen and Murray are gone. Um, say there's not another player that were to fall. It's a shocking, you know, option. Who's there? I do think that trade back is the most likely scenario, but you got to have two to tango. And if they aren't able to trade back, then I would think, um, that the pick would be Ruiz. That is my projection. That's interesting. If they're, if they're just kind of stuck at 28 and yep. their linebackers are gone, yep. that's the pick for you. I, I, I do think, I initially thought it would be Swift, but as I just, and maybe Swift's a great player, but is Swift is is DeAndre Swift, the Georgia running back, so good and so dynamic um, that you just can't pass him up? I mean, I think that's kind of the question: Is he so good and so dynamic, or do you get somebody who can be your starting center or guard for the next ten years, as you love to say? <laughs> oh my god, I, I I don't disagree with you there. Now I do think the Ravens also kind of like you're talking about pass rusher. They feel like oh, you can get them in the middle rounds or later rounds. I think they look at offensive line kind of the same way. Right, like they've had success finding day two, day three offensive linemen that have been good starters. Not not necessarily your elite guy, but good starters. Um, so, uh, but on this at the same time, I mean, they took Ben Grubbs at twenty eight. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, who was a Pro Bowl guard. Uh, they're kind of sometimes the sexiest picks isn't necessarily the best pick. And I do think that Ruiz would be somebody when when you uh, plug him in there that would give this offense an ability to stay at a similar level to what it was last year. I mean, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, I asked him the other day, what do you want to see the team do in the draft? And the first thing he mentioned was replace Marshall Yanda. Mm-hmm. So that tells you a little something. And I think, I think Ruiz would be able to do that. Um, here's the thing about Epineza, just to kind of counter your point there. I don't think he's just a pass rusher. I, I, I think that you're looking at a guy who's also a run stopper, can can play down lineman. Like I said, I think that he could end up he could end up as a D end taking over for Derek Wolf. And we've seen how the Ravens want to invest in the defensive line. I think that there's kind of a a little bit of a changing of of their philosophy on that. I think they went big. Big athletic defensive lineman. That's what they went after with Brockers, what they got with Derek Wolf, what they obviously brought in with Calais Campbell. Wouldn't shock me if AJ Epinesa were a guy that that moves into that kind of role for the Ravens. Not necessarily you're just talking about an edge pass rusher. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's six foot five, two seventy five. Yeah, he's big. He's a big boy. I mean, I think Derek Wolf, I looked it up, is six foot five, two eighty five. So you're talking about put on ten pounds and you're the same size. Right, right. And Derek Wolf's on a one year deal. So yeah. I think A.J. Epinesa can help you immediately as a pass rusher, and then possibly if Wolf were not to get a long-term extension like he talked about earning, 
then Epinesa steps into that role. And we've seen how serious the Ravens are about beefing up that defensive line. All right, so enough about the first round. Now let's get into the second round with the with the 55th pick, the first second round pick. Both of us have the same type of player, but different guys filling that role. We both have wide receivers, speedy wide receivers. I have Jalen Rager from TCU, and you have KJ Hamler from Penn State. Why Hamler? I think that uh, he's well. I like I like Rager, and you told me I couldn't take him, um, <laughs> so that's one reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I, I really think that Hamler's explosiveness, his shiftiness, is just on a whole another level. I think that he's a perfect slot receiver to put him in there. You know, you kind of roll between he and Willie Sneed. And here's a guy who I think you're going to see highlights from him that remind you of Lamar Jackson, you know, where he's just making guys miss and look silly. Hamler has that ability. I mean, Rager's fast, but he's not KJ Hamler fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that the Ravens could really benefit from another speed wide receiver to, to, create more one-on-one situations for Hollywood Brown. Hamler's good over the middle. He's a perfect slot, in my opinion, in this offense, and he provides a spark in the return game as a, as a pretty dangerous returner. I mean, people call this K.J. Hamler the human joystick, kind of the same name that Dante Hall got back in the day. I think that he's gonna he would add another exciting, like, whoa, playmaker to this offense. Right, and I think that for the reasons that you just said, Rager – you could say the same thing about him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, Rager's, I don't think he's quite as explosive as KJ Hamler is, but I think that he might be a little bit more of a well-rounded player. Yeah. I think, I think a big question with Rager is I'm probably, it's probably a little bit unlikely for him to make it to 55. I tend to agree. I think Hamler has a better chance of making it to 55. I, to be honest, I toyed very seriously on taking LaVisca Chenault at this pick also. But mm-hmm. once again, I think it's tough to for him to get to 55. But somebody's going to get there, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. you keep everybody I feel like keeps saying, "Oh, you can't get there, you can't get there." Some one of these wide receivers is going to drop. Yeah. And 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 make it to the Ravens. It's just a question of which one. Like I don't think there's any consensus once you get past the top 4 guys and I, I'm talking, you know, now Justin Jefferson sounds like he's among the top three of Ruggs, C.D. Lamb, and Jerry Judy. Um, once you get past those, it seems like there's no like definite order there, pecking order. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing T. Higgins now. T. Higgins, late second round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Aaron Kasnitz put him at 55 for the Ravens. Right. I don't know. I mean, that would be interesting. Sure, uh, sure. So one of these guys is going to make there. Maybe it could be Chenault. I think that he would be very interesting as like a physical still provides big playability, uh, can block a little bit more than Hamler. That's really the thing that kind of concerns me most about the Hamler Rager picks Hamler even more. So is I do think you need some fast offensive dynamic playmakers, but Hamler's small. I mean, we're talking Marquise Brown small. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like you can't have too many guys out there that really don't offer much as a blocker mm-hmm. that are just basically getting in the way. Yeah, here here's a question. Then we'll move on. Uh, do the Ravens stay at fifty five? Because I think that they don't. I think I that think they, they could trade up. Yeah, and I think if they trade move up from fifty five, I think it's Chenault. 
Oh, you yeah, I think it could be Rager. You know, Chenault has a ton of talent. Um, obviously, he had the injury history. He's posting videos. His agent's sending out videos that he's he's good to go. He's out there working right now um, after having the core muscle procedure. So he's trying to let everybody know, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Nothing to worry about here. Nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you didn't get your medical rechecks, but Chenault would be an exciting pick, and he was kind of at the, at the combine time, really a late first-round pick. Rager, in some le- recent mocks, creeping into the end of the first round, which makes me nervous that he would last – to mm-hmm. 55 um but I, I just think that he he's got the returnability i think that he would if you put him and hollywood on the field together a lot of explosiveness right there and so yeah. that i'd love that that possibility all right so then we move on to the second pick in the third round number 60 and uh this is the pick that pretty much everyone is saying is going to be the pick we're both saying the same guy a bunch mm. of different mock drafts are saying <laughs> the same guy I was first on it back in February. It's Robert Hunt, Louisiana. Yep. That's yeah, it's Robert pick. Hunt. I couldn't agree with you more, Garrett. Couldn't <laughs> agree. <laughs> yeah, Robert Hunt just makes too much sense, man. Six foot five, three hundred twenty-three pounds, athletic. Comparisons to Cody Ford, who we both loved coming out last year, uh, was a right tackle the past two seasons, but projects best at probably guard. Uh, I mean, this I, guy I just better, makes too much sense. Yeah, the better comparison than Cody Ford is Kalechio Sentley. You oh get yeah, the, you get the guy who's huge, who played tackle in college, who you can slide into guard, and then just go in a Super Bowl. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Well, I think Cody <laughs> Ford did the same, didn't he? Wasn't he a, ta- a college tackle? Who moved yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I think I, I'm just saying from a from Ravens, a Ravens reference. Yeah, a Ravens reference. Who fans will obviously know. Yeah. Um, Hunt. I mean, big, 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 big. I. I do see a ton of mocks, and even the fan ones that fans sent into us uh, have Cody Ford or Robert or Cody Ford have Robert Hunt at sixty. Maybe that's because we've spent so much time talking about him. We asked Kyper <laughs> about him and Jeremiah about him, and well, I think everybody. I don't even think we brought him up to those guys. Those guys naturally said them themselves. Just yeah. about everybody's projecting Robert Hunt to the Ravens. Yeah, can it, we just, just send him a uniform so right now? Sense. The, just send him the, a jersey. <laughs> the scary thing there is uh, Kuiper had him all the way up around 40. Yeah, I know. Kuiper's, uh, Kuiper might be a little off his rocker on that one. He's a little high on him? He might, he might be. He might be. He might have gone too much hairspray before that pick. I think the issue is that we're spending too much time talking about him. We're, know, we're pumping him up. You're pumping him up you know, before the pod that he did with us. Kuiper had him at 80, and then all of a sudden we talked him into putting him at 40. <laughs> all right, I I got to tell you about this next pick because this one's a funny one. All right, so round three, number ninety-two. Okay, the Ravens didn't get the inside linebacker in the first round for me, obvious need. So they come back and take linebacker Willie Gay Jr. from Mississippi State. And what's funny about this is I wish I I didn't take the time to go back and find the email, but somebody emailed us a week or two ago and was like, "What about Willie Gay? You yeah. guys haven't mentioned him at all." And I was like. Pfft. Definitely not going to be the pick. Like, just doesn't seem to fit the Ravens. Got in a fight with his quarterback. Had a suspension for some NCAA violation with, like, a tutor or something. Not going to be the pick. Now I take him in my final mock. That is that is a classic move. <laughs> like, that is cla- classic mink right there. You Two weeks ago, you said there's no way. He's not a Raven. Doesn't sound like a Raven. Not going to be the pick. And now you take him? Yes. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I'm a, I'm a flip-flopper, man. Yeah, I mean, that's... flip-flopper. Here's the thing that sold me on him, is uh, Matt Zenitz. Uh, He had a formerly Ravens reporter, uh, now covering the SEC Alabama, talked to a bunch of SEC, like, coaches and, like, uh, 
kind of coaching assistants, stuff like that. And, and asked them some questions like, who's the most overrated guys? Who's the most underrated, underrated in the SEC? You know, who's the most difficult to prepare for? Stuff like that. And, like, all these people brought up Willie Gay Jr. as being the best linebacker that, like, people aren't really giving enough love to and said that, like, he's a guy who comes downhill with, quote, bad intentions. I like the sounds of that. Said, quote, ridiculously talented. And you look at it, and, I mean, this guy blew up the combine. I mean, he ran the 40-yard dash in 4 4 six. Right. That's a shade faster than me. <laughs> I so, mean, no, that is incredibly fast. I mean, yeah. Rager, I think Rager was 4 4 five or something right so, so right. you're talking about i'm over here talking about rager being a speed threat uh at wide receiver and so this guy is right there same ballpark in terms of his speed i know so and you're looking at guys like kenneth murray and patrick queen because of how athletic and versatile and all that willie gay jr is every much bit as much of the athlete and from what i read seems like he's a physical downhill guy who can bring on blitzes had five sacks and two interceptions in his sophomore year before all the suspension stuff, we'll just leave that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then came back. It was, a, I mean, I just think he's a very talented player that you could get at a bargain because of some of this other stuff that the Ravens obviously will look into uh, in round three. And you feel a big need. So I think he makes a lot of sense there. He's not going to be the pick because the Ravens addressed that position in the first round. The third <laughs> round pick at number 92 is Jabari Zuniga. Florida. You don't even know. Are you? Do you even know how to pronounce that? Did you do it right? I have no idea. Yeah, I knew it. I have no idea. I knew it. Yeah, no idea. See, this is your problem. I spend way too much time on this. You just are throwing darts over there. I'm like the person who, in your March Madness pool, who's like, yeah, I didn't watch a single college basketball game this year, and then ends up winning it. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what pisses me off every year with you. Except you don't end up winning it. I ha- For the record, I have been Way better at this than you have. Now, I put in a hundred times more effort into no, it. You've been better. So the payoff isn't worth it. But you, I'm just saying I have been good. You've been better the last two years. If we look at the overall history here, it's it's at best in your case, even. At best, no, even. No, I, mean, I hit Justice Hill last year. The year prior, I hit Hayden Hurst and Orlando Brown. And don't forget, Garrett. Don't forget the other pick I hit on the head. On the head. Keith Wenning. Boom. Look, it'll never be better than my Matt Elam, Arthur Brown back-to-back predictions. And that, was pretty, that was pretty good. Two, two of the Ravens' bigger busts of the last decade. Way to go, Garrett. You really nailed <laughs> I, it. I'm just telling you, again, you always get confused as to how mock drafts work. Anyway, third round. <laughs> uh, Zuniga. We're going to go with that pronunciation. <laughs> you don't even know who he is. No, I do. But, Basically, this is a guy who's who, he's he was limited at Florida, didn't have a ton of production because he had some injuries. Consistency is a bit of an issue, which is why he would be available in the third round. But he's got top-end talent. Um, he had 18 and a half sacks in his college career, 33 tackles for loss. From an immediate standpoint, he could come in right away and be a situational pass rusher. So he, you got Ferguson, you, uh, you have Judon, you also have Bowser. He could come in and be an immediate situational pass rusher, and he's got high upside there too. So, you know, he was limited because of the injuries, but when he's been on the field, he's shown some really good flashes. So you make the third round pick, hoping that he can turn out to be somebody who can, you know, you get the you get the potential there um, that he lives up to that potential, and then in the immediate, in you know, the short term future, he can be somebody who can add some pass rush to your defense. Here's the funny thing. You you might have gotten the school right, but you got the player wrong. 
the third round pick might be Jonathan Greenard, a defensive end from also from Florida. That would I, that would make me laugh so hard if that happens. <laughs> Greenard Greenard's a better player, uh, physical, nasty, like. But you're not taking game, him. Plays the game like a Raven. That that might be the pick. I I had that one penciled in for some short period of time. Let me throw out one other name because I like to throw out as many as possible so I can say I told you so when we picked the guy that I didn't ultimately settle on. Uh, Wyoming linebacker Logan Wilson. Keep an eye on him in that third round, number 92, 106. He could be, if they don't take the first round inside linebacker, Logan Wilson, who was a guy who started his career at cornerback, cornerback, went inside and is just, he's an exciting player to watch on the Harris highlights, you know, just bombs productions on YouTube. So keep an eye on him. But he's not your pick, so. But he's not my th- pick. Willie Gay's just, my pick. Just, just try to keep this for the record here. Try to keep the the analysis to the guys that we're actually picking. We can no. spend all day talking about every different player who's in the draft. That Ravens got 185 of draftable players. We're not naming all 185. We're trying to name the nine guys based on the nine picks that they have <laughs> who the Ravens are going to draft. When you put as much time and blood, sweat, and tears as this, Garrett, you mention it all. <laughs> I, I, I'm like showing my work here. You know, this is like geometry. I'm showing my work. All right. With the second third-round pick, number 106, I have defensive tackle, another name that I'm probably going to butcher, the Kai Fotu. Another guy you don't know at all. You picked off of somebody's seven-round mock draft. No, no, no. You said, you know what? I want a defensive lineman. Plug him in. I do want a defensive lineman. Grew up playing rugby. Late bloomer grew up playing rugby. Sounds like Haloti Nada to me. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, So, big boy, more the defensive tackle. They've already, you know, defensive end position – um, is is they have Jihad Ward, they have Calais Campbell, they have Derek Wolf. But if you can get a guy, Michael Pierce, a Michael Pierce replacement, who's obviously gone, he can be a run stuffer, can oh. gobble up blockers in the middle. Again, still athletic, grew up playing rugby, so not too much attention. Went to Utah and was a really good player there. Bad pick. They're not picking a run stuffer that high in the third round. They already got Dalen Mack. They re-signed, they re-signed Jelly. You have Brandon Williams. They're not taking another run stuffer that high. They could take a defensive end that high, uh, but they're not taking a run stuffer. Not happening. There's a kid out of Alabama whose name has escaped me that they could take right around there. I I, I actually do agree with that. Um, the, you know, you, you always got to figure out where the Alabama player is going to go. So I, I do think he could go there. Um, but it's it's for two. The Kai for two. Utah. Who you no. got? Uh, I have. This is a little bit of a curveball here. Another Utah guy. Another Utah guy. That's right. You just got the wrong player. Same for <laughs> the wrong player once again. Uh, Zach Moss, the running back out of Utah. I mean, we're talking a guy about a guy who had big-time production. 1,400 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns last season. Another 388 yards in the passing game with another two scores. I mean, he might. he honestly might be the best running back in the class. Five foot nine, two twenty three. You flip on, you flip on the tape on this guy, trucking people, trucking people. Okay, I mean he's nasty. He reminds me a lot of Mark Ingram the way he runs. He learns from Mark for a year or two, then maybe his long term answer taken over for him could relieve some of Gus Edwards in the immediate future. The only thing I don't like about taking a third round running back, and I really like Zach Moss. He just to me pops like a raven. I just. Right now, right now, they don't need another running back, in my opinion. Right, exactly. Uh, which so, which is why he's not the pick. Yeah, you're probably right. I, <laughs> I, I I've really I've really debated tinkering with that pick a lot, but I'm still going to sell it hard. Zach Moss, the Ravens, 
coming in round three, 106. It's happening. I don't have the Ravens taking a running back. And I know. It's I noticed because, that. What's that? I noticed that. If you don't take one high, if you don't take DeAndre Swift, what's the real value if you take a sixth round or third round? Somebody, Ingram's a starter. You still like Justice Hill. You still like Gus Edwards. If you're not taking somebody who you think is going to challenge Ingram for RB1 carries, is there real value in taking a guy in an already crowded position? That would be, well, that's my. I, I think the question is, is, can you find an upgrade over Gus Edwards? Is the, is the question. And I love Gus the bus. But I think that's the proposition here. The Ravens run the ball more than anybody else by a large margin. We saw that when Mark Ingram was injured in the playoffs, the running game was not the same. They did not lean on Gus. Yeah, but that's not that. That wasn't that wasn't on Gus Edwards. I mean, the guy. Well, he didn't get many chances. A, I agree with you. He ripped off what a fifty-yard carry the first time he touched the ball. I agree with you. <laughs> but the question is, how much is the scheme opening things up for that, and how much is the player? And I think that the Ravens, if given the opportunity to get a stud young number two back, that that's something that they could jump on, and the long-term starter down the road. I agree. Mm -hmm. It's not like another Justice Hill where it's kind of this change of pace or, or whatever. Like this guy that you get has to be good enough that you think he can become the starter. And I think Zach Moss is that kind of player. All right, before we move into the fourth round, I want to let you know that if you've been reading scouting reports, you know that Ram Trucks are Motor Trend's back-to-back -back truck of the year. Ram 1500 is a top pick with available Hemi V8 engine, e-torque hybrid technology, and a 12-inch touchscreen. Plus, it offers a truckload of available features. Same with the hardworking Ram 3500 Heavy Duty. For generous cash allowances and great lease offers, go to Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer and take advantage of great deals going on right now at Ram Trucks, the back-to-back back -to -back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. All right. How, how generous are those offers? Are we talking generous, generous? Yeah, you need a truck? <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> sure. Uh, all right, so fourth round. I've got somebody who I know you love. You love this pick. You love Idiot. it. Number 129, Lynn Bowden, wide receiver out of Kentucky. This is another one where you barred me from taking him. Even so, though wait, wait. I Did, so you wanted to base you wanted to do what I did. You wanted to take Rager and Bowden. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. You <laughs> you've said all along you liked Hamler more than Bowden as the pick. Who? Hamler? Hamler more sorry, Ham Hamler more than Rager. That's not true. I like Rager a lot. But you first time that, I laid eyes you, on you him, I said, that oh, Hamler's yeah, gonna I like be the pick. But I, I think I don't think Rager's gonna get there. So yes, I think KJ Hamler has a better chance. Why do I keep saying Hamler Hamler? Hamler. Hamler. KJ Hamler. Yeah. Um, anyway, I like the Lynn Bowden pick. I liked it even more after I read that article that I was referencing earlier, and, and all the coaches said the biggest pain in the neck to prepare for in the SEC was Lynn Bowden. Yeah. I also like it because he's got one hell of a story. I mean, the guy has overcome a lot in his career. We know the Ravens like guys like that just because it shows you something about their character and how they're going to face adversity in their NFL career because everybody does. Um, and, and he's just so versatile, uh, that he's a fun toy that the Ravens can play with. So I, I like Lynn Bowden. I like that pick a lot. Not Thank you lie. for selling, selling the pick for me. I mean, just, just You're real welcome. quick, if, if fans don't know, he's a receiver, but last year their, their quarterback got hurt and it was like the old high school approach where you're like, who's the best guy on the team? Just put him at quarterback and see if you can run around and make plays. And he ends up leading the team in receiving and rushing. He's just such a versatile player. So it, it, like I, the one thing I do wonder about is if they were to take Rager and Bowden, how do you figure out ways to like get kind of some of these gadget guys on the field and what's the role for them? 
because um, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a gadget situation, at least yeah. in the short term. So that's one thing that I kind of was like, do you want to take two players that are in that mold? Right. Uh, um, can you have too many gadgets? Can you have too many toys here? Do you have too many toys? <laughs> the but... answer is always no. Just look at my basement right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I'm also taking a wide receiver here. And once again, this is like our mocks are too close to each other, which makes me think we're both just so far off. No, no, um, no, no. We're just we're on it this year. And also, <laughs> can we just say we should say here that we literally have no inside info on this. Yes, we should say that. Like, if if it, people are listening, saying, "Oh wow, they're getting the tips," we are not getting the tips. I think that if Joe Hordes were to listen to this, he'd probably laugh and say, "Man, these guys are idiots." We threw them off the scent. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do hear from a scout after we we turn it in, and we're just like, "Is there? Is it any good?" And they respond with a LOL. <laughs> All right, so go ahead with your fourth-round pick. Yeah, fourth-round pick is wide receiver Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota, okay? This guy, the comparison is A.J. Brown, which I know I got your attention now because we both liked him a lot last year. Makes a lot of contested catches, high production, set multiple, multiple school records. I mean, long list at Minnesota. Last year, 86 catches, 1,300 yards, 13 touchdowns. I mean, the production is off the charts. How this guy's getting to the fourth round is beyond me. Well, I actually know. It's because it's not like he's a huge tester. Not not a great test guy, but not slow. But not a great test guy. He looked he looked awesome in some of the drills because he's just a ball player, right? He's just a ball player. And here's the quote that sold me on him from Lance Zerline. Quote, plays the game like a big brother imposing his will on his younger brothers on the playground. Sign me up. Just sign me up. Team captain. <laughs> Team captain also. We're talking, see, this is why I like this pick because it's a little different from yours. It's different from Hamler a lot because he's more of a possession guy. He yeah. be a core special teamer early just because of his physicality, you know, grinding kind of player. And, like, to me, he's a possible replacement for Chris Moore. You talk about replacing Seth Roberts. Like, somebody that could step into that role uh, either this year or next and, and just maybe he doesn't turn out to be a starter, but he's a valuable player on your team. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep it moving. The second, fourth-round pick, pick number 143. I'm taking safety J.R. Reed out of Georgia. I would watch some SEC games on Saturdays in the fall, and I'd see number 20, the safety for Georgia, wearing Reed, and I just was like, whoa, this feels a little bit – this is interesting. Who's number 20? Where? Who's number? Who's Reed wearing number 20 in the back end of that Georgia defense? He has a good eye for the football. He's What everyone says about this guy is that he's an incredibly intelligent player. He's an okay tester, um, got good range, but more than anything else, he's got an instinct for the ball. He's got an instinct for the game, and uh, I just think he's going to be a smart player. Ravens love smart players. Yep. More than anything, they love they love smart players, and that's what Reed is. Uh, so I think that's immediate special teamer. Um, and if you end up really liking him, maybe he ends up moving into a starting role at some point on your defense. Yeah, I I don't think it's a bad pick. I, I debated uh, taking a fourth round safety. Um, he wasn't my guy. Plus, you're also just completely pulling that out of your butt that you saw any Georgia. No, I, I I'm you're, telling you, you're an Ohio State guy. When the hell are you watching Georgia? You can, I watch a lot of college. That's see. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. You spend. <laughs> I'll give you this. You spend more time watching YouTube highlights, but I spend more time watching college football games. I'm a college football fan. I watch college football games, That's and true. I would see Reed last year, and it just struck me. He's kind of got the same swagger on the field as another, Is he another safety. 
Is he pigeon toed? He's kind of he got a little swagger, a little Ed Reed swagger, <laughs> little Ed Reed swagger. <laughs> All right, my pick, and you love this pick. You got to admit this is a way better pick than yours. Round four, number one forty-three, Thaddeus Moss out of LSU, the tight end. Uh, this is a Hayden Hurst replacement. He's the son of Hall of... I don't know if you've heard of this guy when you were watching college football. <laughs> Hall of Fame wide receiver Randy Moss. He's his son, okay? But what's funny is he's he's not a big, big-time receiving threat as a tight end. He's more of a blocker. And so I think, though, when you really look at Hayden Hurst's job with the Ravens last year, he was I think he was blocking 48% of the time and out on routes like 51% of the time. That number three tight end is used a lot in the blocking game. And I think Moss could even be an upgrade over Hayden Hurst. I mean, you're talking about the loss of Marshall Yonda and needing all this offensive line. How about adding another really good blocking tight end that could kind of help offset it. Not that Thaddeus Moss is going to play right guard. I'm saying, but (laughs) just saying he's going to help you in the run game. I think it's a pick that makes a whole lot of sense there. So I like Thaddeus Moss. Um, We know that the Ravens love players who have strong NFL bloodlines, obviously what she does. Yeah. So I, I like that pick. And he was somebody that I strongly considered. But just like Lynn Bowden, I, you weren't allowed to take Bowden. I was not allowed to take Thaddeus Moss. So I <laughs> like that pick. That's, the, that's your best pick. That is here's, your best pick. Here's um, the other so great he, part is that maybe Randy Moss is hanging around Ravens practices if we take him. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he would be around. Um, Can you see just cool. some end zone celebrations? I'm talking about a little. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Get that going on? Yeah. Okay, well, if it's not Thaddeus Moss, then it's then I do think the Ravens address tight end. By the way, uh, mm-hmm. because there's a need there. I have Devin Assisi, UCLA, started his career at Michigan, ultimately transferred uh, back home. He's a California kid, so he went went back to UCLA. So the Ravens would be able to get a good scouting report on him from Jim Harbaugh. So wait uh, a second, only... wait a second. He left Jim Harbaugh's program. He left Jim Harbaugh high and dry. And you think the Ravens are going to take him? It was. That's a... hilarious. He had the public blessing of Jim, no. of Jim Harbaugh. No. no. No, he did. He had a public – Harbaugh gave him the blessing to, to go back home to California, which a lot of times as you – well, you probably don't know because you don't know anything, anything about college football. A lot of times <laughs> these transfers can be not amicable at all. It can be quite a contentious situation. That was not the case with the CC. Uh, good size, uh, 6'3", 257. So he's a, a big tight end. Um, late – he, again, he started Michigan, went to UCLA, so he really only has one year of strong production, which was this last season, which is why he's going to last until late. But he had 641 receiving yards, 44 catches last year. So he could be an immediate third tight end option. He's big enough to block, which you were just talking about. So, again, he's got a, he's got a high upside. He was highly recruited out of high school and ended up at Michigan. So I, I really do like this pick. Um, if it's not Thaddeus Moss, then it's going to be a CC. Okay. All right. All right. Moving on. Round five, number 170. This is one of my favorite picks here. I like maneuvered a lot to make this pick happen in the fifth round. We got Edge and Fernie Jennings out of Alabama. Talking about a three year starter who finished his career last season with eight sacks and 83 tackles. And once again, here's the best part here's a quote from an SEC defensive coach Quote, He's tough. He's big. He's strong. He plays football and he's a grown man. If you're talking about a pure man, Anthony Jennings is a pure man. You'd have to look at somebody that came out 10 years ago to even find a comparison for him. He's the last of a dying breed. Yeah, I'll take that. I'm just I'm just stacking my draft with a bunch of dogs. I'm talking dogs. 
Cruz. Oh my god. So- yeah, that sounds like Pernell McPhee. Yeah. Yeah. Why is he lasting till the fifth round? Like, what makes you think he's going to last to the fifth round? He had eight sacks at Alabama last year. It was a three-year starter for the Crimson Tide. Dude, I have him higher than some other people do. I don't know. It's a great question. I think he's just outshined by other people, like Terrell Lewis, right, uh, out of Alabama. Like he just he wasn't like the glitzy glam player. Plus, he had he had eight sacks last year, but before then, he was not like a big time sack guy. Um. Hold on. I'm bringing up his other stats. Hold on. Because, you know, I only looked at the eight sacks to build him up a little bit. Let me look at the <laughs> downside here. Um, so the year before that, five and a half. I mean, not bad. And then one sack the year before that. So he had 14 and a half sacks over his four years. Um, but, I mean, we're talking about a guy who who Alabama coaches, players all love this guy. Uh, I, he's a great edge setter, just a physical player. He can still stand to get better in, in his uh, pass rush game, but I think that's fine. Round five, you can coach him up. Yeah, I mean, if you, I don't, I don't dislike that pick at all. Um, he's not going to be there round five, you know. I, oh, I he will. Have hard, hard time. There's a lot him. of pass rushers. There's a lot of pass rushers. I debated mm. them all. Trust all me. All right. To finish up my mock draft, the final player of my nine round, my nine picks, seventh round, number one, two twenty five. Linebacker Chris Orr, Wisconsin. <laughs> you know the last name? Do you recognize Chris, the last Chris name? Chris Orr will be a Raven, but we're not going to use this. is This is your worst pick, not because of the player. Love the player, but this is your worst pick because Chris Orr. How many more picks in the draft is there before we're out? I think there's like three. We always have Mr. Irrelevant this year. You're, right, you're saying he's going to be gone. No, no. I'm saying there's no way in hell the Ravens would use one of the last picks in the draft on Chris Orr when they could get him as an undrafted rookie free agent. Well, well, maybe he, he would say, uh, you know, I don't want I don't want to go to you guys because you didn't pick me. And yet, Chris yet, Orr is not going to say no <laughs> to his brother. Are you kidding me? Here's here's the difference. I believe that Chris Ravens would be concerned that somebody takes him with their next two picks. They don't want to they don't want to allow the chance that he ends up out there on the street and they miss out on him. So they take him at two twenty five. Zach Orr's big brother was an undrafted prospect. Obviously, everyone knows the story. Would still be probably a starting linebacker for the Ravens if he wasn't forced to retire. Great player. He's on the coaching staff now. Drafts weekend ends. The happiest guy in Baltimore is is Zach Orr, the big brother of Chris Orr, who gets to coach his younger brother. Great story. We love a good story. And so that's why Chris follows his brother's footsteps to Baltimore. I, I mean, I'd like to see it happen. I like I like the story. I like the story, but it's not going to happen. Uh, because But he is going to be a Raven, for the record. Uh, all right, round seven, cornerback Parnell Motley, the Motley crew. <laughs> <laughs> out, of, out, of, out of Oklahoma. Okay, I didn't get Kenneth Murray, but I still got an Oklahoma defender because that's what we all want is more Oklahoma defenders. It's not like they gave up any points this past year. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy was good, okay? But Parnell, Parnell's legit, okay? Washington, D.C. native. He was originally committed to Maryland, but said, nah, going out to Oklahoma, taking my talents out there. I mean, just a really good player this past season. Had some rougher moments that a lot of corners do. But a really strong player, second team all, Big 12 selection, 13 pass breakups, tied for second in the country with five forced fumbles. I mean, we're looking at the next Marlon Humphrey scoop and score here. We're looking at the next Marlon Humphrey in the seventh <laughs> round, Garrett. <laughs> this guy, this guy, you, you, ha- you, can't, you can't not take a defensive back, okay? The Ravens like to keep those corners rolling. You got to always have another one in the pipeline. Can't have too many of them. 
So I, I like the pick. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's just a though what that pick is. You look <laughs> at the rankings for position and you say the Ravens are going to take a corner at some point. They always take a corner. Here's a guy who's projected to be around a sixth, seventh round pick. I'll go ahead and take him because I just need to check the cornerback box. That's what no, that he, pick is. That's no, what here's pick is. what it is. Shout out to the Athletics' Dane Brugler for his seven round mock because Dane's actually a guy who knows what he's talking about. Like a lot of these people put out seven round mocks, they don't know anything. They know less than us. Uh huh. Brugler knows something, so I kind of so just trust copied that. Brugler. So I just copied his. I, well, he didn't have him to the Ravens, actually. He had him to somebody else, but I, he was like a seventh-round corner, and I was like, let me look this guy up, and I kind of liked what I read, so I went with it. <laughs> but the funny thing is, though, Brugler and I were were pretty – we were in lockstep. I think he also had Hamler, And Hunt, Thaddeus Moss, I think. I think he had Hamler, Hunt, Moss, Zach Moss, hmm. and I think Thaddeus. And and that, honestly, was before I saw it. Like, mm-hmm. when I pulled his, his mock up for the first time, I was like, oh, my gosh, like – we are locked in. So I can't say enough about how smart Dane Brugler is Right for the record. All right, so let's go ahead and read a couple emails uh, because we asked for fans to send in their full seven-round mock. So we can't read every single person's mock, but I want to read a couple of them here. This comes to us from Chris Wells. Um, he Here's a question. He says, uh, I've loved the video option for viewing and being able to see all the guests you guys have had. Have you ever considered doing the video podcast after the pandemic's over? We, I love the video presence, and I think it could be a good way to give viewers a look into the lounge. So, Well, right now well, you look like like Darth Sizzle over there. You're Darth Vader with your hoodie. I can barely see your face. Well, today's not a video version, so today's well, just the audio version. So, Well, but I can see you still. Yeah, to, yeah, you can see me, but the listeners can't see That's me. That's correct. It's chilly outside, so I've got my hood up because the desk here is right next to a window. Um, anyway, so the question he the he says here, he gives us his full seven-round mock, but he has Patrick Queen also in the first round. Okay. He One guy that I want to bring up is Michael Pittman Jr. He's got him as the second 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 round pick so pick number 60, Michael mm-hmm. Pittman Jr., the wide receiver out of USC. He's the big-body guy, so yeah. – w- Neither of us had him. Do you think he could be an option for the Ravens? I, I mean, I like the player. Again, we have uh, NFL bloodlines. His father was, a, I think, a running back. Right. Um, I like the player. I like the production. I Just to me, he's too similar to Miles Boykin. Mm-hmm. Except, yeah. except not as fast. I mean, yeah. Miles Boykin tested really well. Pittman isn't known for his speed. But I, I like the player. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate the pick. But he, he, to me, he's an outside receiver. Like I think the Ravens really could use an explosive slot receiver. I think that's yeah. what they're really missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He also has Lynn Bowden in the fourth round. A lot of people uh, have Lynn Bowden. And then Jalen Hurts um, as a fourth rounder. If if Hurts were to be around in the, you know, in that range, okay. But someone's going to take him earlier. He might yeah. go in the second round, and the Ravens aren't going to use a second round pick on him. I, yeah, I just don't see it. I mean, I, I thought that Trace McSorley looked pretty darn good yeah. last preseason uh and he's a, a mobile guy i'm not saying he's like jalen hurts fast you know he's not the same player as hurts but i i think that uh trace mcsorley is a good backup to the backup right now with rg3 i just don't see why the ravens would take jalen hurts all right here's an email from jim katz he says he's going to be the contrarian here and he's got an lsu player with the first pick or first pick grant delpit Hmm, safety safety. 
Um, he says, this pick seems so Ravens. He's a stud player who lost some luster. He's one of the few LSU players who did, likely injury-related, um, and that caused his draft stock to fall. Very likely, he's the best player available if on the board at 28. While safety's not a position of primary need, he can do important things for us, like cover tight ends and play center field. Um, those are things we need to beat the Chiefs. So he can step in and do some of those things um, in a short term, you know, as a additional safety, um, and then maybe eventually take over for Earl Thomas when he leaves. So Delpit, first round. I've seen him more in the early second. I think he could be a tradeback candidate, uh, but I don't see him being the pick at 28. I don't think here. I don't think that the Ravens are going to take a player in the first round that is not a position of need because this is a team that's on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl. I, I agree. I and agree. So with that. I don't and- think that this is a year where you say, okay, maybe in two years he takes over your starting safety for Old Thomas, but he can be a quality backup right now or maybe be using some packages. No, right. they need guys to fill some holes. Linebacker, guard, receiver, maybe pass rusher immediately, and to get this team over the hump and win a Super Bowl. Right. I think that you got to, you got to. This is your window, and I think yep. the Ravens are going to try to accomplish that. Well, and there's and there's big time money tied up in in Earl Thomas for good reason. Yeah, the next two years, like Earl Thomas ain't going anywhere for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. All right. This question from Ryan Banbury. Um. He's got Swift in the first round. Who need? I just, for the similar reason that we I just said, I don't think that Swift is going to be the pick. But he's got Ray, he's go, oh, he's got Swift in the first. Then he's got Rager Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, then he's got Thaddeus Moss. Yeah. Then he's got then he's got Lynn Bowden Jr. So he's basically <laughs> got this combination of my, two guys on mine and and two guys on mine and two guys on yours. Um, yeah. And then Jordan Brooks is somebody. He's the linebacker. He has Jordan Brooks in the fourth round. However, yeah, we've been talking about Brooks a lot. Um, yeah, but his stock seems to be skyrocketing. Where to the point where I saw, I think it was Albert Breer. It was Breer had him in the first round before the Ravens are even on the clock. Right, had him to the Saints. I think at like twenty four or something right. like that. Like, whoo, okay. So anyway, right. anyway, his he looks like he's not probably going to get out of the second round. Yeah. Um, and then we've got an email from my guy, Dave Workmeister, who's got Lynn Bowden, again, as a fourth-round option. He says, I really hope 129 is correct. He's got Kenneth Murray uh, at 28. And then T. Higgins, in, in in his simulation here, would be an option in the second round. So if you could get T. Higgins and Lynn Bowden, I mean, that would be – and Kenneth Murray, whew, that would be – you'd have to feel pretty good coming out of draft weekend. Uh, if you were I mean, I would, I would be down with that. Lynn Bowden turns into that slot gadget guy. And you got a T. Higgins, who's been compared to his comp is A.J. Green. I mean, literally, how many times, if I had a nickel for every time I heard a Ravens fan say, when are we going to get a A.J. Green, I'd be a rich man. Well, isn't that what you try to do with your Minnesota receiver? Well, he's not A.J. Green. <laughs> <laughs> come on now, I like the pick, but come on, Garrett. <laughs> oh, you had him, sorry, you had him as A.J. Brown. Yeah, yeah, A.J. Brown, not A.J. A.J. Brown, okay, okay, okay. I thought you were saying A.J. Green, but yeah. No, I mean, if you can get T. Higgins in the second round, I don't, I just have, I'm having a hard time seeing that happen. I but, agree. But there does seem to be a little, like, is he the guy that falls, and could the Ravens be the benefactors? Even if the Ravens moved up a little bit to grab him? I don't know. I mean, you're talking about a big body, not big body. I mean, he's pretty thin, but he's tall. He's tall, he's fast, he goes up and makes plays. I mean, like A.J. Green. I mean, A.J. Green's like a, a thinner guy, uh, but he goes up and makes plays. And so I, I'd be interested in T. Higgins at the right price, the right value. Right. 
So here, here's one. My brother sent me this question. What about Tom Flacco as the seventh round pick? Oh, come on. <laughs> Just stop. Tom Flacco. Just stop. You don't want Tom Flacco? I wonder. I bet he gets drafted late. No. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I mean, I like Tom Flacco. I just don't think he's going to get drafted. All right. I don't think the Ravens are going to take him. Right. But I think that he, I think he gets, a, get, I bet he gets the sixth, seventh round pick. I hope he does. I hope he does. You're a hater. You just, you're just a Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco won. I just Joe Flacco like, won you a Super Bowl and ha- gave you a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> and all you do is hate on the guy. Tom Flacco didn't win me one. I just love the family. <laughs> I, I hope that he gets drafted. I like his grit. I think, as Eric DaCosta said, uh, you know, but I just think if you're looking for a hybrid, the NFL, sure, might be more likely to take a running, quote-unquote, running quarterback at this point because of Lamar Jackson. That's just the way things are, are trending. But I don't – Tom Flacco, like, isn't that fast. Right. Right? I mean, <laughs> like, he – whatever. I'm not going to sit here and bash the guy. I hope he gets drafted. <laughs> <laughs> um. So there we got. That's that's our full seven round mock. We did the deep dive here. We're coming up on an hour, so we should probably wrap it up. Um, Holy cow! Holy moly! Lots of we had a lot to work through. Um, but this All right, season now, now wait before we go. Now let me roll out my other seven round Ravens mock draft that was on the back burner. <laughs> this is version two point okay? Option two. Option two. <laughs> let me take another half hour. Yeah, actually, before we go, we want to say one more thing from our fr- for our friends from Ram. When you trade up to Ram Trucks, you're getting power, luxury, and technology like you never imagined. You don't become the back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year for nothing. And with Ram 1500, you can get a lot of everything from re- rear legroom, a reconfigurable center console. You have all that plus more storage. Trade up to get the Ram 3500 and get 410 standard horsepower and a gas engine. Go to Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer and hurry in for great deals on Ram trucks. Nice. Very nice. And as always, uh, give us your feedback on our seven-round mocks. You can email us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. For the love of God, please tell me that mine's better because I spent so much time on this that I need a little pick-me-up. Yeah, and if... uh, during the draft, if you want to hear Mink just melting down because his mock draft was incorrect, then you need to be part of our virtual draft experience. So you can chat with him the entire draft on BaltimoreRavens.com, and it's going to be great when all of a sudden uh, AJ Epinesa, you know, the Ravens pass on him or he gets taken early. Just just to see his mock draft completely come crumbling down is always a great feeling. So you got to chat with him during the draft. That is kind of always the worst one. It's 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 bad. It's bad when the guy you took gets picked too early. Like I had Colin Farrell who went at like number four overall last <laughs> year. Uh, that, that's not good. But when the Ravens, he's on the clock for the reason they say, nah, just not a Raven. Then you really feel like an idiot. Yeah, that's the worst. When they pass on your guy, that's you feel the worst. worse. Then. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst. So, But not happening this year. AJ Epinesa, he's the pick. Book it. Here we go. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back with you on Friday, Friday morning. We are going to tape a pod after the first round on Friday morning at 9.30 a.m. We'll be recording with our thoughts on the first round pick if they make one. Uh, We'll be recording either way. And what to expect in the second round. So make sure you tune back in after the late night on Thursday night. Thanks for listening. 